0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we proudly bring to you, Mormonism
1: Live!
0: evening. There we are. I had a little glitch there. I had to pull that off the screen. There's already 45 people in here watching. We oh, my gosh. No yet. People are grabbing their hot cocoa and their buttered toast, and they sit in front of their laptop or their desktop minutes. not not They don't join us late. They have minutes before we get started, and they are already sending in the comments and saying hello, hello to everyone back there. Uh, listening or watching. If you're listening, it'll be tomorrow or sometime forward. If you're watching, it is, uh, as you always like to do, RFM, tell the date. It is the 2nd of June, uh, 2021. June is a famous month in church history.
2: It is. Uh, I know Brigham Young was born in it and Joseph Smith was killed in it.
0: 1978, my friend.
2: Oh yes, that's right. When I got baptized that month.
0: Everybody, everybody got to get the priesthood and go to the temple at that point.
2: Isn't it amazing that the priesthood got, uh, the ban got lifted in the early part of June, and I am baptized less than two weeks or so after the ban is lifted, and yet the missionaries never mentioned a thing about either the ban or its lifting in the missionary discussions.
0: Talk about being thrown into the refiner's fire. You joined at that hotspot moment. I had no idea. Yeah. So it's your night, but before you get started, uh, we've got 98 people in here. So actually just jumped up to 109. So 10 people just joined immediately.
2: They're lining up around the block. This is like the summer of 77 and Star Wars has just opened.
0: Yeah. When I first put the uh, link out or the notification that we were doing the show tonight, I originally, you and I uh, switched weeks and I had forgotten and we scheduled Spencer right. Um, Spencer is going to be on next week. And so he's already agreed to that. Uh, tonight you've got a special guest which we'll announce here in a moment but for the 120 people who are watching right now will you do me a giant favor will you go on to uh your iTunes or wherever you listen to Mormon uh, Mormonism live uh Radio Free Mormon uh Mormon discussion but will you specifically find Mormonism live that show and you should have already done this with the other shows and if you haven't do those afterward Um, but would you please go onto Mormonism live on the app that you uh, listen to the podcast version of the things that we do? And will you give us a five-star review? Uh, If you will, please do that. Uh, We've only got like 15 reviews uh, so far. And I know there's a lot of people that listen and watch this show. If you would just do that as a favor to radio free Mormon as a favor to myself, that would give us a little bit of a leap up in the standings and would allow people Uh, to see, get more visibility, our show, Get More Visibility, and people be able to see it and hence be able to connect with us who maybe don't even know we exist. So Tom there, JR, thank you so much. You said uh, you've got it. Uh, Anybody else who can do that, uh, appreciate it very much. Radio Free Mormon, you uh, are in charge tonight of, of
2: tonight's Gospel Doctrine lesson. What are you thinking? I'm thinking what a sad and humdrum life some people must live, not even knowing that Mormonism Live exists.
0: Yeah, they, they're missing out, aren't they?
2: Oh, they're totally missing out. Uh, there's like a, a huge gap in their lives on Wednesday evenings, and they don't even know what's being caused in it. There's a Mormonism live-shaped gap in their hearts.
0: Yeah, they, they're listening <laughs> to the podcast, and they don't have a clue that we're even doing the live show other than they hear us talking about it, but they don't know where to find us. It is 6.20 p.m. Mountain Time. Best place to find it would be on the Mormon Discussions Incorporated uh, YouTube channel. Uh, that's the show that is taking up that page. And we're doing this every week on Wednesdays.
2: By the way, I do not get to see all the comments that come in. And I know Bill doesn't have a chance to see all the comments that come in. He, He grabs a few and throws them up on the screen, sees if he can get me to laugh at inappropriate times. But after the show is over, I'm able to go back and look at all the comments. And it looks like you folks are having a great time.
0: Yeah, it looks like the viewers really love the show. This is an important moment in the week for them. Uh, I think on some level, we've replaced for a lot of post-Mormons sacrament meeting and and Sunday school.
2: Or at least Barney Miller. Or at least Barney Miller. (laughs) I don't even know where that comes from. I think that was on Wednesday nights back in the day. I could be wrong about that, but I think I'm right. Barney Miller. Okay, so anyway, anyway, we don't want to leave our guest in the green room forever, especially since this guest got up. And is now one thirty in the anti-meridian where Ooh, he lives. Ouch! Yes, that's a.m. <laughs> for oh, those of us who have people will get out of their deep sleep for you. Uh, yes. Oh, my gosh. And so let's bring him on. His name is Nemo. He's a new podcaster on the scene. I have discovered him recently. He's from England. As I said, I feel a little bit like Ed Sullivan in 1964 introducing the Beatles. But he's that good. He's amazing. He, There he is right there. Hello, how are you doing, Nemo? We were just talking hey, about God. you. You couldn't hear what we were saying, could you? I could. Uh, <laughs> keep with the flattery. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> so the Beatles, you get the reference to that. Uh-huh. Because they're English. <laughs> <Anyways>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, Bill, if we just all spoke with English accents tonight, maybe we could make Nemo feel at home.
0: Yeah, I was hearing about a guy, Peter Bleakley, who was getting ready to be excommunicated. <laughs> What's my my boss impression?
2: And I can do it. You know, my name's Tom Phillips and I bloody well had the second anointing I did.
0: Yeah, you did. <laughs> bloody had the second anointing.
2: He oh like boy. yes I did. Okay, so now we'll go back to the Americans. So we won't be the Beatles, we'll be more like sure. um the Monkeys, okay? And you can be David okay, Jones, cool. the token British bloke. That works. Oh, someone's doing the bat
0: <laughs> it, doesn't look as as, it doesn't look as good with me as it does with the ladies oh my gosh anyway
2: no nemo he's 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 a podcaster aren't you yes yeah i am
1: well yeah people my my videos are mainly mainly just that videos but uh i've never actually released an audio only version so i suppose i could be precluded from podcasting
2: but yeah why not the questions are only going to get harder from here on out
3: <laughs> So
4: you been
3: bring it on
2: You've been podcasting for a few months now. Yes,
1: yeah, since December. Um, so it's it's all been a bit of a whirlwind, to be honest with you. Um, I was expecting the, kind of the growth to take a while, but, you know, things
2: have things have gone quite quickly. And you recently hit 1,000 subscribers, or was that an old video of yours I was watching?
1: That was a slightly older video. Uh, that was my special revisiting the Quaker instance. Um, but, yeah, I'm at about two and a half
2: now, approximately, something like that. Well, I know you do a number of things there. We'll talk a little bit about Kwaku here in a minute, because, I mean, my gosh, uh, I found out much to my surprise that you are the same age as Kwaku. Is that right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I I, I don't know whether you might be slightly older, slightly younger, but we're both 24. Yeah.
2: 24 years old. And I look at you on your videos and I say, this guy, Nemo, he's witty, he's intelligent, he's articulate. He's like the (laughs) anti-Kwaku. I'm sorry. Did I say that or did I just think that (laughs) with the laugh track? That's good. good. (laughs) Okay. I guess I said it. All right. Um, but no, you're, you're wonderful. I love your, um, your intelligence. You're extremely intelligent, educated, sophisticated, and, um, it's a joy to listen to you because you're quite analytical in your approach. You're not emotional. And at those times when there is humor that comes in, it's rye, it's dry, it's a thing that's beautiful to listen to and to watch. Your comments, just, Nemo's.
1: Just the quirks of being British, <laughs> I think, to be honest. I think it's, I, I can blame most of that on where I grew up. I think. It's and where was so that? Uh, Warwickshire in England, so the same county Shakespeare was born in as we were discussing a little bit earlier.
2: Yes, that's wonderful. And now you're in Oxford, is that correct?
1: Yes, yeah. So now I'm in in the home of Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and uh, countless other people. So
2: it's, it's visited, just gone from culture to culture. And you visited the grave of Tolkien recently. I
1: did, yeah. Uh, it's up in Wolvercote Cemetery and uh, you can go up there. He's buried with his wife. Um, it's quite an obscure little grave considering kind of, you know, the the legacy of the man.
2: It's... Yes, I'm sorry, I'm just going off memory here, but aren't there a couple of elven names underneath their real names or something? There are, yeah.
1: Um, they're a couple from the lore of the world of Middle Earth. Can't remember for the life of me what they are. Yeah, like
2: Lurian or Thurian or something. Anyway, that has nothing to do with what we're talking about except it's English. Yes. Um. So let's talk about the fact that you do a lot of videos that involve fact checking.
1: Yeah. Um, that idea came about really, um, someone mentioned, uh, those times when someone will live fact check Donald Trump, for example, I thought now, wouldn't that be great to do that at like general conference or something? For example, I could just, I could just sit there and I could listen to the conference talks and pull it out. Uh, so I was kind of waiting to do that, biding my time, but then, um, some other more egregious videos came out. Apologetics kind of had hit a new low and I thought, well, I'd better wade in and save the church from itself because no one else is going to do it. So I You're thought, not talking oh. about the kids' videos, are you? I absolutely am. They're uh, Yeah. Apologetics has had many low points in its life, but I
2: think that was certainly one of them. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, Nemo insists on giving the full name for these videos. He says very, very carefully, these are the, this is the place, no, this, oh, is, the this show. is the show. This yeah. is the show videos. He never abbreviates yeah. it.
1: No, 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 because tits is, is particularly funny in Britain. Yeah, it's funny in the States. Funny, but exactly. Why is it
2: funny? Why is it funnier in Britain? I, I take umbrage at that good, sir.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a word we would use, I think, more often to actually describe breasts. Like, it's, you know, um, it's it's a very British thing. But you would also call someone a tit. Uh, you know, if someone's being a bit stupid, they're a bit of a tit. So um, it's got a
2: bit of a double meaning there, which is quite funny. <laughs> Yes, we tend to use it the first way, but not the second way. Mm -hmm. So that is funny. Yeah. So tits is like plural of tit. Yes. There's Brad, there's Quaku, there's tits.
1: There's tits, exactly. Uh, So anyway.
2: (laughs) Oh my gosh. Somebody stop us. Now, (laughs) I know you've done a bunch of those. By the way, it's so fascinating that you went and you did these fact-checking videos. So let me just back up here for a second. I'm just assuming everybody knows what we're talking about and maybe... Yeah, sure. Maybe we don't.
0: Would it help if I put the the videos up on the screen just so people can see the page?
2: Yeah, people might think they've accidentally tuned into the (laughs) Pornhub. So- (laughs) (laughs) I got him, I got him.
0: (laughs) I I would suggest people subscribe now because that way you see his future content as well. Is that Tom
2: Hanks in that video thumbnail? Tom Hanks, look at that. It is, because they used the clip from the
1: Burbs in um, their cult video
2: that's right I remember I did watch this you you got great stuff and he did a lot of them on those I'll just say the tits videos yeah yeah this is the yeah. show and this these are of course the ill-fated uh, mm-hmm. videos that were put up at Fair Mormon yes and then Fair Mormon in March I believe it was changed its name and mm-hmm. as just sort of a side note deleted all of these videos
1: they did they first tried to bury it because I saw that they were uploading a lot of old content um, <laughs> to try and kind of just push them down their channel page and uh in doing that then they just disappeared it was quite it was quite interesting that when i hit a thousand subscribers i revisited those videos and did one that i hadn't done at the time so i thought right i'll i'll do that as a kind of a thousand subscriber special the next day they'd been deleted um so and so i kind of checked it out and and i was speaking with some people about it and it became all this big thing and then I got some emails from Scott Gordon at Fair Mormon set, notifying me of a copyright strike against my videos to try and have them taken down as well, because they clearly wanted them to go down the memory hole and disappear. Um, but YouTube kind of defended me, rightly so, in my opinion. But uh, yeah, I
0: think, I think yeah. YouTube does a pretty good job when your copyright infringement isn't really infringement, it's you doing mm-hmm. journalistic yeah. um, commentary. They seem pretty responsible to that.
1: They were. Like the first time they just said, no, this is fair use. But If you have any specific um, reason to believe that this falls outside of fair use, then please let us know. And Scott's response was, um, I've done a little bit of research into what fair use is and I don't think this counts. (laughs) And he he linked harvard.edu and some little article about what fair use is. And he said, he's included the entire video. But if you look at all my videos they are double the length of the original because i add at least as much again in commentary yeah so that makes them transformative um, and they don't create a market competitor to the original videos so it's fine
2: this is fascinating to me that after fairmore and scott gordon uh decided we're done with these by the way chronologically speaking these go up last year around November or something. Mm-hmm. And then there's all these complaints about these videos being emailed in to Fair Mormon. And all these responses being given by John Lynch or Scott Garden Gordon saying, hey, these are fantastic videos. Everybody's loving them. Uh, they're not for everybody. The, the younger set loves them. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're grooving on it. And if you have any specific things that you think are incorrect about the videos, please feel free to go ahead and email those in. But it was just all this huge love fest. It was mm-hmm. like the summer of love with the TITS videos up until the day they were taken down. And then Kwaku, he was on the show. He did—he said he didn't even know. He got no notice that they were even taking him down. He found out mm-hmm. after the fact from a friend like everybody else did. Yeah. And then after they're down, then Scott Gordon is going to YouTube and saying, hey, we don't like the fact that they're living on at Nemo's mm-hmm. channel. Yeah. And so twice he, twice, he unsuccessfully attempted to get them taken down. Is that right? Yes.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, and so the, the email for that is actually included on the CES Letter website in that whole kind of rigmarole. Jeremy asked if I'd send that to him and, and I, kind of, I, I sent that over.
2: Yeah. So this is just interesting to me that uh, not only do they want to distance themselves from these videos, they really want to distance themselves from these videos. <laughs> yeah. And it's just got to be frustrating. You know, mm-hmm. when you tank everything and throw it down the memory hole, and here you've got some bloke over there in Oxford who has uh, captured it yeah. and now made it okay to be up because not only is the entirety of it up there, but your commentary on it is interspersed throughout, correct?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed, yeah. And there's there's a separate YouTube channel to mine um, that has just uploaded them all verbatim. Um, they're all just up there. And it says... if. if um, I think they make a Star Wars reference in the comments. They say, if you, if you, if you take these down, they are, it will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. And they will just yeah. re-upload them. So <laughs> they they are on the internet. They're here to stay. They form
2: part of the record. No one's going to get rid of them. Yes. They, are, they are never going to live those down. No. Nope. Not in a million, million years. But why was it? And this is something that's curious to me because Quaku was on the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kwaku and I, we have a love-hate relationship. He loves to hate me. <laughs> no i i kid i kid because i love but seriously he's 24 you're 24 the whole yeah. deal behind these videos was that they were supposed to appeal to people of your age nemo now yeah. did they appeal to you no <laughs> well, why not didn't. what is wrong
4: with um, you
1: yeah that i ask myself that question regularly uh what is wrong with me well i think i just i took um the religion i dedicated my life to more seriously than that and i took the concerns of others more seriously than that i uh, i think to um to make fun of issues that have caused people all sorts of heartache and, and problems is is insensitive i think it, it causes causes more harm than it solves to to belittle something that has caused a lot of people to become, to divorce one another, to become estranged from family members, to go through all sorts of problems. I think to just belittle that as though it's an issue of no consequence when all the evidence indicates that it is, is insensitive and just doesn't help the conversation.
0: Gotcha. Can I ask in, something? Um, Great. So in your, on your YouTube channel, I'm looking at it up on my second monitor. Um, is there a certain one you're really proud of? It really came out really well by the way, I listened to two or three of them today on my lunch break. Oh, I, yeah, good. I think they're all great, but what's your favorite one to point people towards?
1: Oh, um, I really enjoyed, and it's not a fact checking video, but I really enjoyed the, the church sent me a survey recently. Um, and they paid me $10 to do it, which I uh, found <laughs> amazing. Um, and actually I bought, uh, this little guy here with that money. Um, I bought a horse. <laughs> so that i would be like, I and uh his name is daniel after our favorite apologist how, um,
0: how, many, how many um lamanites can get on those horses those... i
1: i reckon two if one like puts their arms around like they're on a motorbike and if, <laughs> they, if they spoon if they spoon on the spooning back of it, lamanites on the tape here. Oh,
0: goodness gracious <laughs> that's a new video
1: uh so i really enjoyed that video i enjoyed making that um it was just a chance for me to because because as R F M said, a lot of my stuff is very dry, very analytical. Did you get keep...
0: one dollar back? Somebody's asking. Did you see it?
1: Oh, no, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, I did make uh, because they gave me an Amazon gift voucher. I did make a donation to um, the top-rated charity on GiveWell at the time, which is the Malaria Foundation, of the equal value, just so That's that much better than I'd than offset that
0: on the stock market.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I really enjoyed making that video. Um, you know, I got to tell the church exactly what I thought of their inspirational media. Um,
2: what did you tell them?
1: Oh, um, they said, they said, what would you like to see in future was one of the questions. And I said, I'd like to see honest and factual information in future. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I, I told them, oh, this is the one I told them. They asked, what did I think of the fact that the, that the Mormon channel had changed to the Latter-day Saint channel? I said I viewed it very unfavorably, and they asked why, and I said, because it is a grudge between Russell M. Nelson and Gordon B. Hinckley that's been going since the '90s. It doesn't offend Jesus, and it's not a major victory for Satan. That's what I told him <laughs> <laughs> and that we need to we need to just leave it alone. Um, so uh, that was just it was really fun to to do that. Uh, but I'm I'm most proud of, of some of my conference talks that I've, I've looked at because I think those are the things that are going to reach most of the members. I can, I can argue with fair Mormon and saints and scripted and people like that. Not a lot of members actually watch their stuff by the looks of their kind of, um, by the looks of their analytics and things. If you look at the amount of views they get, but yeah. if you see general conference videos, they're very well viewed and a lot of people watching this. So when Joy D Jones gets up there and says, you need to tell your children, that it's a choice between everlasting death or eternal life. And that's a perfectly fair thing to tell them. They deserve to know that. I have to step up and go, well, hang on, that's kind of abusive. Let's not say that to children. Um, You know, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm quite proud of, I'm proud of the times where I've punched up the furthest. You know, I don't, I don't ever want to punch down. I don't ever want to, you know, go after a random member of the church for saying something wrong because, you know, they're just trying to get through it the same as everyone. But when the leaders of the church are saying things that are harmful, I'm happy to punch up.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's quite a choice, isn't it? Between mm-hmm. everlasting life or eternal death. Yeah.
4: But it's a yeah, free choice. Yeah, yeah. You pick either way you want.
2: Yeah. It doesn't matter to her, clearly. Yeah. Freedom to the left, crucifixion to the right.
1: Yeah. Something like that. It's like that scene in uh, Life of Brian, isn't it? It was like, crucifixion today. Yes.
2: All right. Yes. Well, I'll <laughs> take crucifixion, please. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> All right, left. Anyway, you also have a wonderful video that you uh, like, and you mentioned it to me. That's mm-hmm. how I know you like it. Not mind reading here about a non member oh, yeah. looking at the questions in a temple recommend. Yeah. Uh, temple recommend questions. I got some right?
1: flack for that. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people say, you're not authorized to do this. I was like, because I I sat down and gave him a temple recommend interview. I was like, right, Hmm. okay. I I, I said at the beginning, I'm not a bishop. I can't actually give him a recommend as much as maybe I'd want to. um, but I thought He's not gonna pass anyway. Exactly, right? He's he's not a paid up member of the church. So There's no
2: chance he's passing, so you could be a
1: bishop and
0: do this. Nemo, Nemo, I I was a bishop. It's a low bar.
2: (laughs) 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 I say that you're still a bishop, Bill, because once a bishop, always a bishop, damn it. There Just need
0: go. to activate those keys. It's like Voltron. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I um, I
1: really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed sitting down and and hearing an outsider's perspective on, you know. So, uh, for example, why we ask people whether they have financial commitments to a former spouse or children. Why is that in the Temple Recommend interview? There's no question in there about do we love our neighbor? Are we you know uh, anything like that? But there is a question about our financial commitments to a spouse seemed really odd to me so we had a good chat about that
2: um we don't want deadbeats going to the temple nemo
1: yeah you know i mean they can be absolute they can they can be as horrible as they like to their neighbor as long as they're you know still paying their alimony it's fine right yes yeah it's all good um because the church is kind of more interested in our finances than uh you know anything else
2: I've heard you mention something about the church finances on more than one occasion. This seems yes. to be a bee in your bonnet. It is, yeah. Um, i was just listening to, was it, uh, was it Lynn Robbins?
1: Is that his name? Is that um, the, like the Baptist preacher
2: who yeah. uses the Book of Mormon?
1: No, I'm thinking the General Authority gave a talk yeah. in about 2005. Lynn, on, G. Yeah. Lynn G. Robbins, that's the one. In 2005, sorry, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, no, so, I, so I've just been looking at that uh, and he says that the natural man has a propensity to hoard I thought, mmm, that Mm. talk has not aged well Mm. at all. Yeah, exactly. I just brush my beard and think about that. Uh, (laughs) You know, it's it's what do you think?
0: Thirty billion too much? Is one hundred fifty billion? Because like they had one hundred and thirty, and then GME went to the moon. They made a few extra bucks, and I think they made some on Tesla too. And Mm -hmm. um, they've been doing all right
1: out of this pandemic, lark.
0: No, yeah. (laughs) How much is too much? What? How much is hoarding?
1: Yeah, apparently not that much. Clearly. So, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, I was, I was looking at that and I've had to be in my butt about this for some time. Um, I did some reading through the Wall Street Journal articles that were released around the time that the Enzyme Peak Fund, for those that don't know, that came out November 2019-ish, that was exposed. Um, a whistleblower said, right, the church has got all this money, you need to know about it. IRS, can you look into this? Because I don't think hoarding money um, counts as part of, you know, the things required to keep a tax exempt status. So that kind of conversation is being had and the church released a few videos, which I've I've examined, where you've got the presiding bishopric basically sitting down and, and making weak excuse after weak excuse for having all this money because they say, oh, we need it for missionary work. Well, members pay for their own missionary work. The only thing the church pays for is to fly them there and back. They said oh well we've done loads of charity work a couple of billion over the last 35 years and you stop and you think well actually that's all done through LDS philanthropies which is a separate legal entity and so that's not tithing money either and and so you break all these arguments down and you think well where is this money actually going but then what's really interesting is they make a statement about how much interest they make and that amount of interest would be enough to cover the operating budget of the church and still have a billion dollars left over so you think well hang on then If we had Joseph F. Smith saying in the early 1900s that there will come a time when we don't need to pay tithing anymore, have we reached that time? And so I started a petition saying that I reckon we might have done. Um, And so I've been spreading that around um, saying, well, we're not telling members to stop paying tithing, but what if we told them to pay it to local and international charities instead? What if members paid their tithing to charity? you'd do $7 billion of good in one year versus mm. the $2 billion that the church managed to do in the past 35. And I think that's a no brainer to me. Right. Right. But uh, so that petition is, is live. Um, feel free to post a link to it wherever you want. Um, but it's change.org forward slash LDS tithing and yeah, find it there uh,
0: and it's just things. go for it. Yeah. Two things, which is the perpetual education fund, which the church uh, came out with mm. whatever it was two decades ago. Yeah. And um, the way that thing works is all these members are donating, thinking their money is used for education. In reality, mm-hmm. they take the interest, yeah. loan it out, and then the people who use it pay it back with interest. And then yeah. that interest is then used again. Mm-hmm. The actual fund continues to grow in this stockpile yeah. that's not used for anything educational.
1: And they're doing that here in the UK with our humanitarian aid fund. That's grown to about five million pounds or so that's just sat um, doing nothing. During COVID, mm. um, you, I think that the, the thing about the Perpetual Education Fund that really gets my goat is that it's poor members of the church pay the, the church back a loan with you know reasonable interest rates, right? <laughs> Whereas the children of general authorities and mission presidents go to church-sponsored educational institutions free of charge. Yeah. So no, it just um, creates a a divide yet again between well. members of the church who live in the Utah Valley and have you know. Parents that are rich and well off and they get to go for free, but then you've got a member who's trying to better themselves in the Pacific Islands somewhere, and they're gonna to have to pay that church with that much money back. It doesn't sit well with me. Um but yeah, the church likes to stockpile. Um, and I thought that if I start this petition, and I have a few ideas as to how I'm gonna get it high up the chain, but if I start this petition, it'll force the church to at least address the issue more fully than just saying. Oh no, it's fine. We we we. I believe the statement from the first presidency was that we we have not broken any IRS rules, which is okay. Maybe they believe they haven't, but that's not addressing the concern that most people have. That's just saying, well, we haven't done anything illegal. You can do a lot of sketchy stuff before it becomes illegal. A lot of immoral stuff. Yeah,
0: yeah. The the you know the church. Any church can do this. Any church can step forward and say, look, we're planning for this thing in the future, mm-hmm. the second coming. And every religion has some sort of future thing that could happen. And, and so the church has kind of that out. And, but yeah. if you're right, like billions and billions, hundreds of billions mm. of dollars sitting in some stock funds and, yeah. uh, and not being used to help people out.
1: And if you're struggling to get your head around that number, which I know I did, the, the website Mormon Billions went live. I don't know if you guys have come across that. Uh-uh. It's a very simple website. You go on. It's mormonbillions.com. And all it does is it shows you $1,000 is a pixel. And then it shows you how big a million dollars is. Then it shows you how big a billion is. And then it shows you how big a hundred billion is. And you scroll and scroll and scroll and scroll. And it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And it shows you, in comparison, the you know the state of Utah's education budget for that year. It's something like $262 million or whatever. It wow. shows you these blocks all, all along the way. To just help you wrap your mind around how big that is, because it is it's an incredible amount of money.
2: Yes, it it is. And really, I mean, this could not have happened at a worse time from the church's perspective. Mm -hmm. I've got to feel bad for the leadership of the church, because all of a sudden it's November, as you say, of 2019. This gets leaked by a former uh, employee there and oh my gosh and the first thing you don't hear from the church is any kind of denial about having that much money and then they end up tacitly admitting it and then they say it's for a rainy day that's what (laughs) this is for so this is november and december of 2019 it's got to be the worst timing in history because what's right around the corner is a huge pandemic which the prophet prepared us for uh by having what was that home home centered and church supported study oh, for the yeah, third absolutely. hour. Absolutely, yeah. So yeah. we knew it was coming. But here comes the pandemic and as far as I know, the hundred billion has not gone anywhere. Mm. It's still it's, safely it's still... stowed in there.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And and the the crazy thing is that in the article where they talk to um oh no, what is his name? Roger something. The head of the Enzyme Peak Fund, the guy that kind of oversees it. Um they, they, they're chatting to him and they said he said it was for a rainy day, and then he cites kind of 2008 as a rainy day. But then he it's admitted in the article that in 2008, the church just contracted the budget. They didn't dip into their funds. So you can't say it's for a rainy day. Cite a specific example of a rainy day, and then we discover in within like a paragraph that, oh, well, on that rainy day, we didn't actually use it. So don't lie to us then. Don't say it's for a rainy day and give an example and then... Not have actually used it during that rainy day.
0: Yeah, I think yes, it's right so. in the park. It'll it'll have to pour, won't it? It'll have to mm-hmm. pour. It'll yeah, have to absolutely. be 40, a forty day flood like Noah Yeah, because
1: yeah, at the moment it's not rainy enough. Because missionaries are still going ahead with the planned increase to their expenditure each month. It's a twenty five percent increase, so it's four hundred dollars to five hundred dollars. That's that still went ahead. Yeah, I know it was planned a year before, but you know it still went ahead. They didn't go oh tell you what guys we've got this it's like they're covering the tip at a restaurant or something which is the equivalent they they would basically just be going oh no actually don't worry about it but instead no no they have to they have to balance their books still at the expense of the members
2: i I think that was the unfortunate interview with roger clark where he Mm -hmm. basically admitted that the reason this fund was such a secret from the members is because yeah. if they found out they had so much in the bank, they might not be as inclined to pay their.
1: Yeah, diet. I believe the quote was, "We didn't want them to feel like you know, <laughs> they didn't need to pay it."
0: <laughs> or, or, or clean the restrooms.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, because you know, we got rid of all our paid janitors around 2008.
0: <laughs> Time for were hard, weren't they?
1: Yes, times were oh, hard.
0: Man, if we only knew how many billions <laughs> were in there, then
2: it would have been up in arms. And I will tell you the talking about money is one thing, Mm -hmm. right? I can be kind of dispassionate when we're just talking about money. Mm
3: -hmm. But
2: there's something about those Saturday mornings scrubbing the Johns at the local church building Mm -hmm. that I was involved in because I was doing my bit, you know, Saturday morning, not sacred enough to be not going to church to help out with the toilets and everything else and the vacuuming and the cleaning and everything. But when I find out that they've got this kind of money in the bank, It makes me look very differently at the Mm -hmm. toilet cleaning. Absolutely, yeah.
0: Saturday's the day where we get ready for Sunday, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, by scrubbing the Johns. I don't remember that part of the song.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me see here. I think there was something else. Um, I think you had mentioned that one of your favorites that you've done had to do with a review of a BBC interview involving Elder Holland. Yeah, it made me very proud to be British. What uh, what
0: does BBC stand for again?
1: British Broadcasting Corporation. Okay yeah (laughs) so it made me very proud very proud to be a member of this little island race because um essentially you have general authorities of the church are softballed by salt lake tribune by deseret news by church news right you you have that sort of softball journalism going on british journalism has always been a little bit rough anyway we're very dispassionate Towards those that we're interviewing. Not in a cruel way, it's just, you know what, we want to get to the heart of the issue, and that means asking tough questions. Um, and so you've got you've got this guy who turns up, um I try and remember what his name is. Michael I don't know Sweeney. Michael, there we go. Uh, John Sweeney. John Sweeney. John Sweeney, yeah. So you've got John Sweeney turns up in Salt Lake City because the whole Mormon moment's going on with Mitt Romney's presidential candidate candidacy. So he's like, you know what, I'm gonna look into this. And he manages to bag himself an interview with Jeffrey R. Holland, who from the moment that like the clacker board goes down is extremely uncomfortable. He's constantly touching his scriptures in front of him like this, shuffling things, kind of folding his arms, moving. He's really uncomfortable.
0: What does that body and, language look like to you? What is what does that mean? What do you think is going on? If you were gonna guess what's going on there mm-hmm. what in is his that- mind,
1: yeah. That's that's the look of someone that is Knows he's going to have to lie to me. It's someone that knows he's going to have to try and tell half truths. At least he's going to be asked questions that he's not going to want to answer, and he knows that in advance. And so it makes me wonder why he accepted the invitation to to be interviewed. Um, I don't know.
0: Don't you think? Don't you think he expected a naive interviewer that he could pass off this the half? Maybe. Answers to?
1: And maybe maybe it's because he's so used to speaking to people that think the sun shines out of his bum. That he was just ready to to just you know roll it off and and maybe the reason he was uncomfortable is because often with journalists you'll meet them for a few minutes beforehand you'll just say hi and he'd got he'd got a read on John Sweeney and realised oh no this is someone that's actually he's got papers right he's got an email saying that Joseph Smith went to court in 1826 and with, you know he knows that how does he know that our members don't know that we haven't admitted to that yet so <laughs> how does this guy know. So, um, you know, he he was uncomfortable with that. Um, He probably then realised at some point that he'd been talking to the um, the ex-Mormon community and he'd found out about the Strengthening Church Members Committee, so John Sweeney said, right, so what is that? Uh, And and the best bit was he'd gone to church headquarters and spoken to someone who lied to him and said it doesn't exist. And he did the most British thing ever. And this was my favourite bit about it. He said, so sorry, let me just make sure I get this right. You first, you start off by saying they don't exist. Now you're saying they do exist and you can put me in touch with someone who can tell me more about it. And the guy went, yes, that's correct, yes. <laughs> it's, the, it's that <laughs> British way it's of just cool. apologizing. being like, I'm sorry if I've misunderstood, but just lay this out for me. You said no, now you're saying yes and you can help me out with it. Just calling it out dispassionately, that guy, yeah, lied. Uh, and the church delivered a letter of complaint to BBC headquarters. They had it hand-delivered by um, a company that represents them over here. They turned up and they gave him a handwritten complaint because they thought it was a hit job. I didn't see a hit job in that. No. I saw someone with journalistic integrity asking tough questions and a man who just wasn't prepared to deal with them and who resulted right in the end to getting very offended and said he wasn't a dodo. And Which, I've that's... used that clip
2: a number of times. I'm Absolutely. so thankful for that interview.
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: I went to a good school and I've read a few I've, I've read, read a read few, a few books. books and I'd like to think that your respect for me as a person would would lead you to believe that this doesn't seem like a dodo. A dodo.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um and he so looked- it was it was almost a form of sort of ad hominem attack. Sorry, Bill, go on.
0: No, no, I just said he looked to me like a guy who thought he could lie and that mm-hmm. would just go by without being unquestioned. Mm-hmm. And then the, the reporter knew what questions to ask because he had sat down with ex-Mormons for lunches for mm-hmm. like, like weeks on end having conversations yeah. and comes into that conversation completely prepared and knows mm-hmm. every way that this guy is going to dodge the question and knows what the follow-up question is going to be. Mm-hmm. And at that point, Holland has no choice but to get nervous because the bullshit yeah. is not going to fly.
1: Exactly. You know, the, the bit where he said uh, about the Strength in Church Members Committee and Elder Holland said it, it does exist – uh, and he said, um, uh, you know, uh, what is its principal task? Oh, he, he asked what it does. Protect and Holland the members. Said, to to protect the members. Yeah, uh, um, yeah. Again.
2: No, he didn't
4: say well, the so again.
2: So
1: he started by saying to protect polygamists. polygamists. Yeah. And that was a slip. Right. And John Sweeney bailed him out of that and said, so, and he corrected him. That's the sort of integrity he had. He knew that that's not what he'd meant to say. and He he just moved past that slip of the tongue uh, and said, right, what's its subsidiary task? Because he noticed the carefully worded way Elder Holland said that. It's principal task. He's like, okay, so what else does it do? And then Elder Holland has the gall to say, well, I'm not on that committee. He's one of 15 guys that would know. They're all his mates.
0: He talks to God, right? He's a special
2: witness for Jesus Christ.
1: Exactly. So what's he talking about? He doesn't know what goes on.
2: Well, and and, yeah, of course, that's a total dodge. But uh, I mean, because they got two apostles over every major committee. Mm -hmm. And what do you heck do you think they talk about when they get together every week on Thursday? Exactly. I mean, about what's going on in their committees.
1: Yeah, Oh, absolutely. They're all chatting. Uh, And we've seen now, thanks to Mormon leaks, what some of those committee meetings look like and what some of those get togethers look like. And, you know, I mean, they're not that interesting, but that's their life. So they will be talking about it.
2: For sure. I re- I remember one of those videos. It looked like Russell M. Nelson was trying to master the use of a mechanical pencil, <laughs> and not <laughs> not having a lot of luck. Do you remember that? <laughs> Did he? It was just like what that?
1: What? What is what this thing? thing? <laughs> the, what does it lead, do?
2: And the lead drops out. You know, one of those things. It's anyway, a, yeah. there's a couple other things I want to talk to you about Go in for our limited it, time, sure. huh? They're they're
0: trying to be as transparent as they know how. They're being as transparent as they know how to be.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well so, well, so is Heavenly Mother, Charlie. <laughs> good job better than they are that's all yes. i've got to say that's a great <laughs> comment now i want to talk about um a little lady whom you may know she's about your age maybe your type mm-hmm. i don't know her name's hannah i am hannah syriac <laughs> recently no. recently went blonde i understand i, I wouldn't know <laughs> you wouldn't why wouldn't you I know wouldn't that know. Do you, know, do you know Hannah Syriac? At I all? yes, I, I have I have spoken to her
1: um, just from a kind of a youth perspective of being a kind of a younger person in the in the the rounds, um, which you know she made a point of recently on social media to say that you know her age works against her and I, I kinda know that feeling a little bit. That's um, how I feel about time, me. Yeah, I think I think our age works against us all, doesn't it? Um, but yeah, no, she she's recently um, caused a bit of a stir with a with a tweet. Nemo, bit, um, before we get to the tweet, Nemo, it, yeah,
2: could you go ahead and just explain to the audience who Hannah Syriac is, just generally? Sure,
1: yeah. So Hannah Syriac, I believe, works for Fair Mormon. Uh, she is a, a church apologist, essentially. Um,
0: now they're going to correct you on that. I, she's a volunteer. Nobody at Fair Mormon is paid except for the bookstore manager. That's right. it.
2: Okay, Nemo, you know that Bill used to work there. I did not. Know I volunteered that. too. No, he, he volunteered. Okay. Excuse me. He was oh. in the inner in the inner circle. Oh, uh, right.
0: I ran their podcast, and we won podcast of the year in the national podcast awards. There we go. Well
2: done. Yes, there you are.
1: So clearly, they're 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 missing out massively. They're not having you there anymore. We haven't
0: won since.
1: Exactly right. So yeah. <laughs> there we go. they're kicking so, themselves. We'll, we'll win podcast. This will be podcast of the year. Right. Right. That's yeah. cool. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, if I
2: think we can we get, all get all the people a fair Mormon to that guy, been all would day voting every year. I'm sorry, what are you doing? Okay. I said that
0: guy wins the Brody Awards every year.
2: Oh, the Brody, Brody Awards. I broke That's- them last time. That's- They're not having him anymore.
1: Oh, I didn't even know what they are. This is how out of the bubble I am in some respects, which is what I kind of enjoy, because I get to just focus. I'm not kind of distracted by a lot of the the milieu um, of what kind of goes on. All so right. someone's so asking, who is she? Uh, Back yeah, to Hannah so Syriac. She is a volunteer for Fair Mormon, um, a, a volunteer defender of the faith. And um, she's young. And she's young, yeah. And blonde. And I believe blonde, although Recently. because I've seen of her
2: a, a brunette. So. Yeah, sure. Um, I told Nemo I swore I wouldn't use the word peroxide in tonight's program. And there we go. Peroxide. Peroxide. Peroxide.
0: Okay, not proxy.
2: Okay. I told him I would not use that word in tonight's show, and I'm going to stick to that promise because I am a man of my word.
1: Ah, oh, there we go. Uh, yes. So um, she is a she's an apologist, and you know she makes waves, um, and. we've had a bit of a chat and hopefully we're going to have a a bit of a chat together because I'm very much interested in civil dialogue and discussion. Uh, I think it's fruitful and productive so it'll be good to sit down with someone kind of on the opposite side to me uh, because I do have an affinity for the church becoming a good place still. You know, I, I, I want to see it succeed for those members of my family who are fully invested in it and therefore being able to chat with an apologist and see what they kind of view as their mission and kind of see where we can find some common ground and, and see what, what works. But, um, that tweet kind of, um, that tweet really sparked off something. John Dolan responded to it. Jeremy Reynolds responded to it because she said, uh, I believe it was, I don't know who needs to hear this. But reading uh, reading the CES letter and listening to uh, Mormon Stories podcast does not count as serious research. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, I believe was was exactly what she said, Um, and uh, a lot of people kind of push back on that. Um,
2: But (laughs) (laughs) I would I I
4: I would not.
2: We have we have. We have, to, we have to read no. this because otherwise people are going to be listening to this on audio i have no idea yes. what we're okay. laughing yeah. about yeah so yeah. somebody here
0: says is, oh, is
2: jo- joffrey holland has just made a comment
0: is talking with hannah seriak a way of punching down no i think i think it's not you punching down on hannah i think it's hannah punching down on people in the church who can't make all this nonsense work
1: yeah well, i, I wouldn't yeah i wouldn't think me talking to hannah is punching down at all i think for her to think that would be giving herself far too little credit, you know, she's got a strong voice. She, she knows what she believes. She knows what she's trying to defend. I, you know, I, I'm not going to play into that idea that for any reason I'm somehow better than her in any way. So, you know, me and her having a conversation wouldn't be punched down at all. It would be, it'd be like one of those little boxing robot toys. It'd be very much just on a level. We call them so. rock'em
2: sock'em robots here. There in the we States.
1: go. That's what they're called.
2: <laughs>
1: always wondered what they're called. There you
2: go. Oh my gosh. Well, so, but she said, and this is where the controversy mm. came from, right? In a yeah. tweet? A tweet? Yeah, a tweet, yeah. That, that, that anybody. a picture that moved around the internet. And that's where she has the blonde hair. Just letting you know. Okay. So anyway, she talks about CES Letter and mm-hmm. Mormon Stories. Yeah. And says, anybody who's read the CES Letter and listens to Mormon Stories, uh, just letting you know that's not serious research. Mm yeah sorry
1: not sorry so she's yeah gatekeeping what serious research is she's decide she gets to decide that
2: Um, it sounds like a true scotsman Mm -hmm. fallacy
1: indeed yeah
0: yeah doesn't that seem funny in light of how whitewashed and false the narrative inside the church curriculum is and then uh how irrational and illogical the answers that fair mormon puts out simply clinging to deniable plausibility
2: Mm mm-hmm or even plausible deniability. Or plausible deniability. <laughs> yeah. Nemo's kind of going, we say it the opposite here over in England. <laughs>
1: it's plausible deniability, chap. What are you talking about? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. so... Um, so you I, want to I, talk I, with her about that? Yeah, yeah, I, I am going to have a chat with her um, because... What do, to, what do you want to tell her? Well, so I understand, I understand, I think, this is my problem. I, Despite what you might think from my videos, I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt. I try to think of people in the best possible light. I try to steel man people's arguments as best I can, which is a stretch for some church leaders. It's really quite difficult to steel man their positions. But And steel manning, for those who don't know, is, is the opposite of a straw man where you make an easy argument to attack. Steel manning, you, you make their argument the most favourable that you can. So... I'm trying to make that tweet as favorable as I can in my mind, to be fair. And I could see that you could say, well, listening to a Mormon Stories interview where someone talks about their exit from the church, that's a valuable experience, but it's not serious research into the truth games of the church, right? Because that person's not an expert. But I sat through every hour of that Robert Rittner interview. Um, cheers, RFM. My wife thanks you um, for the time that I spent watching that. Uh, what, but you I, weren't in
2: the bedroom? You, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank God he's out of the bedroom again. It's
1: like, like get that RFM guy out of my bedroom. Um, <laughs> you know, I sat watching those videos because he's an expert in his field. And it doesn't matter what platform he's on, it doesn't matter who he's talking to, he's a man of expertise talking. I can I can listen to my old university lecturers. From whatever platform i like they're experts in their field and listening to them in my mind does constitute serious research and someone brought that up to her and she kind of said in some comments that she finds issue with um some of the positions that were presented uh, by rfm which has to because otherwise it's just a death knell to the book of abraham um, so but yeah like that's how i'd view that and then again the ces letter i understand that just reading the CS letter doesn't necessarily constitute serious research, but that's to discredit the serious research that Jeremy put into it. And the fact that he lists his sources so you can just do the further research yourself, which most people will do. I don't imagine, and I can't speak for everyone, but I don't imagine most people are picking up CS letter, reading it and going, okay, done. They call it the rabbit hole for a reason, right? It's often just the, the, it's like a gateway drug. It's like weed. It's weed for ex-Mormons. <laughs> it just it brings you in and then uh, you, you hit the hard stuff later. Yeah.
0: I, know, I but took temples how- about an hour ago, so it's just starting to kick in.
2: <laughs> no, Excellent. <I'm> Excellent. <laughs> but it's like I- how can you argue? How can you argue with uh, videos that have Quaku and Brad starting off on the temple video, right? That mm-hmm. you did a you did a fact checking on it, and where they start mm-hmm. off by saying, I mean, this is out of the gate.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: People are mad that masons exist and people are mad that temples exist. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah,
1: um, and, and I, I I remember my reply. People are mad that they were told that those things had no bearing on one another, even though they existed at the same time. People are mad at that. They're not mad that those things exist. It's a typical straw man, and it's it's characteristic of the rest of the video and their entire work, which I don't like painting people with broad brushes. Um, but you know, someone's just said, uh, I don't understand if someone needs a PhD thesis, it does not count as research unless they also wrote it sarcastically. Yeah. I sometimes feel underqualified to talk about this. You could say that my opinion doesn't count because I don't have a PhD in research or whatever. I have an undergrad degree in a completely unrelated field, um, in the field of prosthetics. So yeah, I, you know, I'm not qualified, but I've done my research. I know enough about logical fallacies to call them when I see them.
2: You are very good on the logical fallacy thing. I've got to tell you.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm not as good as others. There are others that that are that are better than me, but uh I've certainly I'm trying. And that started during my university days. I had some flatmates that were uh that had come from debating backgrounds and had been in debating clubs at school and and they were part of the debate society at university. And so we had a flat of uh, we had a guy who was a climate change denier, we had a guy who was completely atheist, we had an agnostic, we had a devout Muslim, and we had me, and that was our that was our mix. And so we had some incredible discussions, but I would find myself feeling like they were wrong, despite them being making fair points. I'd get very frustrated, and so. Um, I would, I would, you know, get irritated, and I would, I would almost ad hominem at them, and they would, they explained to me what ad hominem was. Said, no, this isn't good. This is how this works. So I got like a bit of an education in my first year of university thanks to these guys in critical thinking.
0: Yeah, I I left for a moment. RFM can attach. Te- I tried to I tried to find it, but uh, I have Jeffrey R. Holland's thesis from BYU when he graduated. And his thesis was on the changes to the Book of Mormon, the grammatical changes. That his, Only the grammatical ones. That was his thesis <laughs> for graduating BYU. To me, that is insane. The education yes. the education your tithing dollars go to at the good old Brigham Young
2: University. He probably copied it from the Tanners. Yeah, he probably did. Uh, <laughs> that was his main source that went unsighted throughout.
0: It's already been done, right? It was done back in like the, whatever, the 60s mm-hmm. or something by the Tanners.
1: Yeah. I tried to do a really small video just on changes between the first and second edition of the Book of Mormon. You can find it um, on my channel. Uh, there's, I basically tried to lay out, as simply as I could, the way that the theology changed. Because I I do not buy it because it's demonstrably false when apologists say, oh, only grammatical changes, nothing of significance happened between the first and second editions. Poppycock! It was <laughs> It was absolutely... Massive changes to Joseph's theology coming across in his rewrite of the second edition of the Book of Mormon, which just so happened to coincide with the changes to the First Vision accounts. Who could have seen that coming?
4: Huh. Who would have thunk it?
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Who would have thunk it?
0: They're as transparent as they know how to be.
2: Yeah, they are indeed. Someone's referring to a Mormon Stories interview that you did with John Delaney. true, Nemo? Yeah, that
1: was right near the beginning of my faith crisis. Um, because I'd been hosting my, what I called alternative Sunday school on Facebook, um, which was, uh, you know, I, I basically picked gospel topics, essays and stuff that we hadn't spoken about in Sunday school. Cause my Sunday school lessons, when I was teaching them, got a little dicey. They, they started to go off the rails a little bit and then kind of church stopped and everything and I kind of got pulled out. So I took to the internet to continue talking about some of this stuff and, um, John spotted them. I'd been talking about them in in some online forums, and he asked if I'd be willing to do an interview, and I did. But this was before I was doing Nemo or anything like that. So, And and I look back on that interview, and I think, actually, my views have changed even since then. Mm. It's amazing how much things change. And so people, I, I, I worried, to begin with, when I became a kind of a more public figure on these sorts of things, I worried, oh, what if someone takes something I said before and says, oh, well, you don't think that now? And that, that's a very Mormon way to think that our that our beliefs and our views should be unchanging. Whereas I'm like, you know what? I have every right to change how I feel about something. I could have said something perfectly honestly in an interview and then think, you know what? I don't believe that anymore. That's fine. My beliefs can change. That's the freeing thing of of kind of removing yourself from orthodoxy and entering into that sort of heterodoxical environment. Is that you can you got you're freed up to change and grow
2: i know it's actually a virtue in any other place or Mm. category in the world i think somebody once put it this way saying a man who believes or woman okay sorry it could be a woman but i think the quote was a man who believes the same thing at when he's 40 as he believed when he was 20 has just wasted 20 years of his life
0: Mm -hmm. everything should be questionable everything Mm -hmm. should be broken down and examined
1: yeah and then uh, you know if it's true then it will stand up and that's fine. And that's why I, you know, people are like, how can you reconcile what you do with, with your membership in the church? And it's like, well, I'm still a member of the church. That was something that happened to me when I was eight. And I'm now doing the best thing I can with that situation, which is to question everything. And particularly to alert people to the fact that they're being lied to. Um... Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that real quick. Yeah, so just
0: so, um, so just so the listeners to so the audio tomorrow yeah. understand mm-hmm. uh, somebody titled 21st Century Saints. I don't know if that's a legitimate page. On it YouTube. is.
1: Yeah, that's a new oh. British podcast that's come out. A couple of Scottish ladies are running that. It's excellent. Love it.
0: Are they are they going through the uh, Saints uh, curricular manual or something? Is, is that no, there? no,
1: they're 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 trying to showcase what Saints in the 21st century actually look like particularly outside of the Utah cookie cutter sort of style. They're gotcha. saying, well, no, no, we, we encounter, like we encounter gay people on a regular basis. We have problems. We have issues. Let's talk about that. So no, it's really, it's really good. Really positive.
0: They're pointing podcast. out, I guess you've got some advertisers on YouTube and it's hilarious. Let's
1: yes. Um, so I, uh, am what you call a professional apostate, meaning that I get paid for my apostasy by YouTube ad revenue. Uh, and, um, I have discovered from reports back from people and from viewing one of my own videos myself that the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints advertises on my videos.
0: You're getting you're getting your tithing dollars back.
1: Yeah, slowly. Getting, great. Yeah, I'm getting it back. I gotta, so I got to
0: applaud you. I want to pat you on the back if you were. Thank right.
1: you. Good for so, you. The church pays me to do this.
0: I love it. Um, we get <laughs> a little bit of income too for ads and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And I got to imagine maybe maybe we're getting some of that too.
1: Great. Mm-hmm. It's because the YouTube algorithm has just said, well, this is about Mormonism and the Mormon church is paying us to advertise. So let's just pop those there. Love it. Um, I don't think it's been done on purpose, but uh, it's it's amusing nonetheless.
2: <laughs> well, you were mentioning it. By the way, we're coming to the close of our hour. Yeah, sure. And then we'll open up for phone calls. So I hope you're ready for that.
1: Oh, I, I'm so excited. You guys are great, but I'm so excited for the phone calls.
2: Well, thank you very much. You're great too. Thank you're you. great. I just want to say that. Bill, you're great as well. Thank you. Um, but you said that now you're sort of uh pointing out errors mm-hmm. uh and mistakes on your podcast. So, how is your state president taking all of this?
1: Well, so um I kind of uh I came to him with an oppositional vote. Um I I came I came up to him and said, you know, uh I I vote opposed to the sustaining of church leaders, and here's why. Can you stop for just a second? Yeah.
2: What on earth possessed you to do that?
1: Well, it might have been the fact that they said from the pulpit that if we vote opposed that we should contact our state president. <laughs> and uh, you did it! And I did it! And I don't <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know how many people actually do or whether they go, Oh, I'm
3: not Well, there were
2: zero before you, and now I think there's one. <laughs> okay, right. There we and go. now we're so going to find out what happens. Because, yes. you know, a lot of people... I hear that kind of stuff, and I feel like they're not really interested in hearing your constructive criticism. Mm-hmm. They really just sort of want you to turn yeah. yourself into the prison warden.
1: Mm-hmm. But I thought, you know what? They've asked, so I will answer, right? They've they've said we want to. They've they've said we want to know if you oppose. Tell your state president. So i will like, fine, and I'll tell him why. So he's had a couple of pages of A4 sent his way, um, listing why the current church leadership are in apostasy um you know me and peter Bleakley share some views on that about you know how they are apostatizing from things as out in doctrine and covenants they're exercising unrighteous dominion uh, i pointed out that you know um russell nelson undertakes to cover his sins by lying <laughs> about you know prophets never leading us astray and then throwing two previous prophets who spent millions of dollars on the i'm a mormon campaign under the bus and telling us all that they um, they propagated a major victory for Satan. So, you know, um, but they they always teach the truth, um, even when they're encouraging us to use devilish names. So I, I sent that his way and explained to him how also that, you know, the, the First Presidency acting in that position uh, three months before a sustaining vote is contrary to the rule of common consent, and that's just not okay either. And we'll see what he says. Um, you know... he he, uh he kind of we have quite a cordial relationship so um but he did say you know before he decides next steps uh he'd like some evidence so i sent him some evidence now what those next steps are i don't know it might just be that he's talking about passing them up the chain and and seeing if they have any fruit or those next steps might be um calling me to to calling me to a court of love to have my hand slapped i don't know or something slapped Awesome.
2: Um bailiff? <laughs> no, seriously. Whatever no. you're into, RFM. <laughs> B- bailiff, whack that man's PP.
0: Have you ever heard that in a courtroom, RFM? Uh,
2: I- well, only for me. <laughs> I'm still hoping it'll actually happen one day. No, but didn't your state president and maybe I'm getting this wrong uh-huh. and maybe I'm not supposed to bring this up. If so, we'll edit it out at the live program. <laughs> did did your state president tell you something that gave you to understand that the problem was with you
1: oh well so the way he he kind of yeah the way the way he said about deciding next steps um it seemed to indicate that those next steps would involve dealing with my oh, no I'll tell you what it was he called it a dissenting vote rather than an opposing vote which is far more loaded language than opposition, right? Because in my mind, and from the five-part video series I did with Pete Bleakley, opposition is essential to the church being a healthy place. We have to be able to oppose it. Daniel Jokes Jokes disagrees, but, you know, he's wrong. So uh, uh, he, but he called it a dissenting vote, which is, that's a different thing. It's not just opposition anymore. It's, it's loaded, it's charged. I'm a dissenter. Which brands me as a, in a negative sort of way. So yeah, I think that, that that's what you're thinking of there, is that yeah, I'm a dissenter. Yeah. Ooh. But I won't dump any tea in the harbour, so you know, I won't be the worst kind of dissenter.
2: Oh. Oh hey, that was the best thing we ever did.
0: Oh <laughs>
2: throwing that tea in Boston Harbor, baby. <laughs> Smell of freedom. That was the real summer of love, wasn't it? <laughs> oh my gosh well i'm not going to go down that road okay yeah that's cool okay because you know i like to think that we have more in common Mm -hmm. than what separates us
1: yeah and it's still playing out and i I want to see how that plays out and you know he's a good guy we had a good chat around that you know about what we were up to on the holiday weekend and things like that so you know he's, he's he's a good guy he's just doing what he thinks is right and i can't blame him for that you know, my issue is never with the rank of file members of the church, I feel like I should probably make that clear, is is that it's with the leaders of the church who know better and have this undue influence that they wield over everyone. You know, other people are just in a system and it's the system that's the problem, not those people
2: necessarily. Yeah. Well, I'm about ready to turn over to phone calls unless Bill sure. has another question or unless you have another interesting okay. and amusing anecdote to share with us. Nemo? I mean, I'm
1: not that interesting, really, so I think we can just go to phone calls. Yeah,
0: so <laughs> Google's going to have to help us out, RFM. Uh, oh, the phone wait. number, you're going to, you have, to you have to stick your hand up at the right moment here, you okay. ready? So, yeah. folks, the number you're going to want to call is 435-200-3478 or 435-200-FIST. And I will take some calls here, and uh, you two can kind of keep chatting, and I'll kind of silence cool. myself until we get some calls in. Um, uh,
1: it's smashing. I'm still I, I'm
2: working on getting that timing with the fist, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't understand why, why you guys have, like, letters at the end of a phone number. I mean, I get that it's to press the key representative yeah. of that letter.
0: Um, yeah, in America, seems... we do this advertising thing where people yeah, yeah. pick out these words with letters, and yeah. we just thought we would get creative. So you know? what's
1: fist? Why, why fist?
0: Because it doesn't spell any better words. Okay, right. Okay. It's so just the number you had.
2: And, so certain, yeah, yes, okay. exactly.
0: That was my Google Voice number and we just worked with it, you know? Okay, there we go. By the way, using
2: phone numbers to spell out words, Nemo, this is a big secret. This is how we won the Revolutionary War.
1: Right, pre-telephones, but got it.
2: Just cool. letting you know. That was that's how it happened. Before before <laughs> I think
1: we can do Alexander Graham Bell. Do.
2: You thought pardon? we were sending telephone numbers back and forth. It was actually in code. <laughs> We can, we can use dirt too. So it was either dirt or fist. That was yeah. our choice. We went with fist. We went with Yeah, fist. good call. And mainly because tits was taken. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. I'm going to mute myself. A call's coming in.
2: Okay. okay. And so he'll talk with this person okay. briefly, nice. find out what their uh, name is. He's yeah. getting so good at this. Okay. And he does all the technology.
1: Smash it. Which means you just get to sit there and, and crack banter, right?
2: And pontificate, yes.
0: Exactly. Yeah. And why I, wouldn't you want to do that?
2: Expatiate. Perseverate.
0: All right. So after perseverating here, our first caller is Rick. Rick, you're on the air with Nemo, Radio Free Mormon, and Bill Reel. Uh, what's on your mind tonight, my friend?
3: Hey, Nemo, I wanted to get a update on uh, the excommunication or the church court or whatever that is with uh, Peter Bleakley, and how long do you think it will be before they come after you?
0: Okay, I'll hang up and let him answer. Cool. cool thanks.
3: Um, right, uh,
1: well I, I know, so, so here's the thing with Peter Bleakley, he, he doesn't want a lot of uh, media circus around his excommunication. I mean if I'm excommunicated you can all show up at the chapel absolutely fine, go on bring your friends and we'll have a party. But uh, he he's, wants to keep it a little bit more low-key, um, which is fine. So I know exactly kind of when it is, we've talked about it and I'm going to be chatting with him uh, afterwards, kind of post-match sort of interview. Um, but it's it's coming up towards the end of this month. They've postponed it so that he um, can have the full High Council present, which is, you know, a really positive step. He requested that. He thought it wasn't going to be accepted, but it was. But then due to what's going on with COVID here in the UK, that meant it needed to be pushed back because government guidance uh, doesn't allow us all to meet in such big numbers and whatever until, until then. Um so that's what's going on with him. Do I think they'll come after me? Well so far they seem chill with what's going on. They're advertising on my videos, you know, so they're they're getting a the kick out of it, clearly.
0: That's task uh, of approval, right?
1: Exactly, right? If 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 they 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 did the same thing with Book and Mormon Musical, right? Rather than shut it down, they just took out an ad in the pamphlet. You've seen the play, now read the book. You know, so it's I think I think they're gonna leave me alone probably.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they weren't coming after you until you contacted your state president <laughs> and used let's see, the name Russell M. Nelson and Unrighteous Dominion in the same yes. sentence.
1: Yes. Uh I, I probably dobbed myself in there a little bit. Um <laughs> but we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um they probably don't like the fact that I'm I'm s i am i am readily acknowledge that I'm a member of the church, a temple recommend holding member, uh, you know. Um so they don't like that, but it's too bad they made me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, they'll make a liar out of us all, right? Isn't that our, isn't that true? Rfm. That's what i said. Mormonism it's makes liars up. of us all. It's <laughs> only when we leave we become honest again.
2: Yeah. yeah. So what? What day is Peter Bleakley's? Uh, uh, I can't say. I can't say. Okay, it's just let it ask. And...
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is the color number two.
2: Yeah. Please. All right. Caller
0: number 2, David, you are on the air with RFM Bill Real and our guest tonight Nemo.
3: Hey, uh, RFM. How you doing, uh, Bill Real and uh Nemo? You got it. Hey, uh, I uh, have a question I'd like you guys to address in your podcast, if you don't mind. Um the issue is uh, the free agency that the uh, brethren are always speaking of, how God does not interfere with our agency. And um, it's pretty obvious that he does. Um, I mean, you know, appearing to Joseph Smith is tampering with his agency. And also, I believe in the Doctrine and Covenant it states that, I guess, the very jaws of hell are going to gape open the mouth after Joseph Smith. And God states that the bounds are set. So clearly, God's in control of preventing evil in that case so i'd like it if you guys could fact check maybe nemo could fact check this talk of how god won't tamper with agency when really he does in both directions both appearing to humans and uh, preventing evil and so we really are sort of living in a simulation i'll take my answer offline thanks thank you
1: yeah well Well, that is that is upcoming
3: on one hand right agency
0: um he's been letting profits do shit wrong for 200 years. So on some level, like, you know, and then he's right. Like section 132, he'll destroy Emma, Angel with a mm-hmm. flaming sword. Like that's deep interference with agency. Yeah. Um, so I think it goes both ways. Well, I think, so it, I think remember, it's,
1: it can't be solved with a soundbite, as Dale G. Renlund said, and then proceeded to give us his soundbite at the last General Conference. Um, and I will be looking at his talk because he made some whopping straw men uh, right at the beginning, he compared instances of perceived inequality to an instance of genuine inequality, the Rwandan genocide. So that, that, that will all be coming up on my channel
2: um, soon. That's fantastic. That. I think that we can conclude, or at least I have concluded, that God does have the power to um, do away with all evil and pain and wickedness. It's just that he's not very good at it.
1: Just, he's just not interested in it. I think. I think we have to admit that God plays favorites. I think that's the that's what we're kind of forced to to concede is that he shows clear examples of when he does get involved, like killing the firstborn child in Egypt. Um, he he will get stuck in when it comes to part in the Red Sea he'll get stuck in when it comes to finding Sister Jones's car keys so mm-hmm. we need to <laughs> understand that he plays favourites and we oh, have absolutely. to deal with what that means for things like the Rwandan genocide and, and an
2: excellent example of God playing favourites is people who were born in America
1: <laughs> yeah he put you on a big landmass away from everyone else so, <laughs> so you couldn't cause too much trouble but is then this is this just from a guy from race.
2: England, a big landmass away from everybody. No, yeah, you're we, a little landmass exactly. away from everybody else. Exactly, okay. we're a little landmass. <laughs> he he gave us
1: just enough trees to build a navy to wreak havoc on the rest of the world.
0: Is it is it playing favorites if we take into consideration the pre mortal life and our valiancy there?
1: Well, that's been disavowed as theories, according to <laughs> the,
0: the, the race and the priesthood essay. We don't know anymore, do we? We don't know. No. Sure. All right. we, we don't know what we don't know. All right, I'm going to turn it over to caller number three. This is, I believe, Aaron. Aaron, you are on the air with Radio Free Mormon Bill Reel and our special guest tonight, Nemo. What do you got for us?
3: I just uh, Nemo is one of the first people I found in my faith crisis, and um, the idea of him talking about never punching down, um, never—he was never bitter about things. Always very positive um i just think um i just want to thank him for that that means a whole lot uh to me and i think it gives me an example of how i can deal with my family and things uh bill and rfm you guys have always done that as well um there's just not a lot of malice in 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 your hearts which is a beautiful thing to say see anyway thanks for all your work great call thank Thank you
2: thank you very much i honestly haven't talked enough about my ex-wife (laughs)
0: <laughs> I I just want to say too, just FYI, if you go back and look at the comments on all of these platforms that we stream on, the comment, pe- all these people know you, Nemo, and they all are raving about how good your your the product you put out, the creative content that you do is. I, I think you ought to feel quite proud of just just some of the positive comments that have come in.
1: Yeah, it's 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 um it's quite humbling actually in a lot of ways, and I I never thought I would have this. I do want to say kind of reach and as a British person we tend to put ourselves down a lot but I do I do take a moment to reflect and think you know what I think I'm doing some good I think I'm helping some people um and that's that's rewarding in and of itself um and that's kind of why I keep doing what I do because people are finding it useful the moment people turn around and say oh no this is rubbish we're not we're not doing this anymore then I'll be like okay fine
0: beautiful this is this is our number one fan he's we have people who say we have people who say they cannot get into the phone lines they've tried multiple times i get so many voicemails after the show ends on my phone because it reroutes the calls to my phone and uh, but this guy's been on i think just about every show this is roger roger welcome to mormonism live you are on the air with rfm bill real and our special guest tonight nemo should we close it out with this one rfm
2: well, uh, what do you think, Nemo? I'm happy to carry on. Nemo, I'm what time? Ta- no, is, is it 2.30 there?
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: I've had some sleep already. I'm a, I'm a trooper.
3: <laughs> I can't hear Arthur.
0: No, you're, yeah, go, go ahead, Nemo. Or, uh, go ahead, uh, Roger.
3: All right. I just wanted to ask Nemo, uh, with now having two temples in Great Britain, would you please address uh, the growth of the church in Great Britain and uh, what you've seen in Europe? Because we're getting reports of it uh, shrinking tremendously. I want to know from your view, what does the growth of the church look like in um, Europe and specifically in Great Britain? Thank you. Thanks,
0: Roger.
1: Um, It's quite simple, really. It's contracting. Um, Some stakes over the past 10 years have shrunk by as much as 40% um, or, or near enough. Uh, I've seen the leaked figures, um, because they've been leaked from kind of European headquarters about British stakes. So um and that's during the decade when <laughs> the area presidency encouraged us to double sacrament attendance. And uh instead the church has shrunk by about thirteen percent or so over here. Um it's it's contracting and um it is is nowhere near the uh the figures touted of mem- membership totals on the church's website. So it is it is shrinking. We have two temples. Um, A lot of people think we need a third. And considering the fact that Brussels just got one, even though they're a two hour drive from The Hague and from Paris, respectively, I think that we may very well get another one in Scotland. Who knows? Because they seem to just, it's like Oprah, you get a temple and you get a temple. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's what Russell M. Nelson just does over the pulpit. It's like, and you get a temple and you get a temple, and it just doesn't seem to matter. It used to have, like, constrictions, right? How many tithing-paying members there were, how many priesthood members there were to man it and operate it. That used to all be, like we were told, those are the constrictions. Um, But it just seems to be they can just build whatever they want now to keep the illusion of growth. That's
0: Mm -hmm. going to be a lot of empty temples in 50 years, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's
1: a lot of expensive real estate to kind of deconstruct and move on.
0: You already see a lot of uh, ward buildings up for sale. Mm -hmm. I see that on Mormon Reddit more and more. Um, there's going to be a day where there's going to be temples for sale. And I don't, I don't know what we do with that. Like well, I'm saving up my pennies. Will Scientology buy them up? What do you think will happen?
1: Uh, I don't know I, who, who would buy a building like that? It'd um, be a cool house, wouldn't it?
2: It's, it's going, going to get a lot of renovation to make it usable for something else. I, yeah, I mean, I'd have
1: to scrub it with holy water before I could,
2: you know, in good conscience live in it. So, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, the Masons could probably use it with a lot, out a lot of updates.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
2: Masonic Lodges. There we go. Just an idea. And this is just occurring <laughs> to me, by the way. I yeah. want a temple in Penzance. That's where I want the third temple. What, Atlant- down in Cornwall? Lands End or someplace. Uh, just, it's just a dream I have. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it just seems that with all these temples, I mean, they announced 20 of them mm-hmm. at the end of the last General Conference in yeah. April of 2021. 20 temples they're announced. And I just sort of get the idea that, you know, how sometimes back when I joined the church, there were 12, I think, or 15, mm-hmm. maybe, temples in the world. And when you have so many everywhere, they seem to lose their value to me.
1: Yeah, they, they were Mormon Mecca for a long time. You had to do your pilgrimage, right? Yes. Um, but, but now it's just, it's, yeah, it, it seems like we're valuing convenience over the sacrifice
2: that used to be necessary. Um, I don't know. You know, this is making me think of something. This is dangerous, okay? Thinking out loud here, which is this whole idea that uh, the meme that goes around when people leave the church is because they were lazy, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't want to do all the things that are required of them by Mormonism. And I think the leadership has bought into that and thinking if we can make this easier on these people, Then they won't leave because we know they're leaving because they're lazy. So let's make Mormonism easier. We'll take three hour church to Mm -hmm. two hours. We'll build all these temples in people's backyards so they don't have to go on a long trip. Mm -hmm. And I think they are misapprehending the situation. Mm -hmm. I don't think people are leaving because it's too difficult. I think they're leaving because they're tired or they find out that the church leaders have been misrepresenting church history Mm -hmm. to them. And so they find out about all this stuff, they get fed up, they leave. And also social issues is another big reason people Mm -hmm. are leaving, right? These are the reasons people are leaving. It's not because they're lazy. And so there seems to be a strange disconnect that people are leaving for the reasons that you and I know and that Bill knows Mm -hmm. and everybody's watching the show knows. It's not because you were lazy or because you weren't committed enough or because you were a lazy learner Mm -hmm. and you weren't uh, cracking the books and studying till all hours. It's not because of that. It's because of these other issues. And yet their response is to try and keep people in the church by addressing a reason that they're not leaving.
1: Yeah, yeah. They are essentially addressing a straw man and hoping it'll fix the problem. And they're Uh, doing a lot.
2: These are expensive straw men, too.
1: But they know. They know because the report was sent to them. I believe it was delivered to Elder Uchtdorf through people like john delin and and all the researchers did you take part in that rfm i did not but that was around
2: 2013
1: Um, 12. yeah they were they were given a document that outlines the real reasons why people are leaving and what to do if they want to stop it Mm -hmm.
2: they were given the blueprint
1: and they just went okay thanks yeah and then did nothing with it
2: (laughs) nothing except apparently elder uchtdorf was inspired to give a talk about doubting your doubts
1: yeah, although he did also give a talk saying that we may think that people that leave the church are lazy, but this is not this is not a good enough way to characterize the many situations that people find themselves in.
2: Same right. talk. Yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, if we got, we'll do one more caller. Is that all sure. right? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, all right, final caller. Nemo has the rest of the night. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <he's>, I'm <laughs> up now. The, the sun, sun is sun. coming up. You might as well go back to the house and watch some porn or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm, t- I'm talking to the. I'm talking to Nemo. He can't. He can't hear you oh, guys. Um, Caller, you're on the air. Mormonism live with Radio Free Mormon. Bill Rail and Nemo. Uh, go ahead and tell us what you've got, my friend. But tell us your name first. Hi. Yeah, this is Randy. Randy, good to good to have you
4: in. Hi. Yeah. Hey. Great episode. You guys are doing a great job, uh, and I love all three of your work. Uh, you guys work and have benefited from it personally. I have a question. I would love to hear. Nemo's feedback on and yours too, and it's a pretty simple question. Um, a, ca- a, a caller, a few calls back, said something about how Nemo w- w- didn't punch down, and and I think it's uh, when you know in this arena, it, it's nice to handle it with grace, kindness, and some humor. I think, but um, here, here's something I've experienced personally in, um, uh, on social media with friends or friends of friends who are are, are still true believing Mormons, TBMs. And that is they're looking for, uh, I keep seeing the word balance. Well, we want fair balance. You know, uh, I think people that are seeking or looking or even trying to research a little, they want to keep everything balanced, keep one foot in, you know, one side and one foot in the other. And so my question is about the balance that, that people are seeking. And my my perplexity that I've thought about many times is, how do you keep balance like this here th- these are the truths you know everything falls apart at pretty much every turn it's pretty rough so how do you put lipstick on a pig how how do you balance the truth i guess that's my question in in essence
0: perfect thank Let's you hear we'll what you up. gotta say we'll hang up let you answer let them answer thank you yep
1: um yeah i i, I keep two things in mind um the first is that You will notice that when i put the sources in my videos which i I do unless it's like a secular definition of a word or something like that or a secular article i'm talking about in terms of you know natural history or something um it's all from church sources right that's the first way i keep things fair i make it a fair fight i steel man the church by using their own admittance i because i don't need to go anywhere else frankly they do more than enough damage themselves. Uh, And the second thing is I remember that I can be as factual as I want. I I can make things factual and that is fair and balanced. But what I can't balance are people's feelings. And particularly when you're new out of the church, everything is about how you feel. Quality of information is based on how you feel about it. And I can't manage how someone feels about a fact. I can't manage how someone feels about Joseph Smith marrying a 14 year old girl. It happened. The church admits it happened. Everyone knows it happened, but I can't make it balanced in terms of how someone feels about that. So I don't try. I, 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 just, I just let it out and let them deal with it and understand that people need to manage their feelings, however they need to manage them. But I I can't take ownership of that part of their journey. I can give them the facts. I can do everything else like that, but I can't deal with their feelings.
2: Mm, I love it. When we talk about balance, um, I will tell you that Mormons tend to have an interesting view of balance. And I'm talking about myself here. Right after I joined the church in 78, there was some kind of special, I think it was a 60 Minutes episode, and they had a segment about the Mormons. Um, But what I have noticed over the years is that whenever there is a non-church-produced production about the Mormons, whether it was The Mormons from PBS a number of years back or whenever it comes up that unless unless absolutely everything in the show is pro-Mormon and right along the lines of what the LDS Church teaches. If there's one thing that isn't, then this is anti-Mormon. The whole thing is labeled as anti-Mormon. So the idea that balance has in the minds of many Mormons and it used to have in my mind as well was that balance means. Everything's on our side. Yeah,
0: yeah, and and I think Mormons can live RFM if they perceive like the data, the data is a wash, and so we have to have faith, and we, you know, we just, just I have a testimony, and I know that the church is true. I don't know Mormons can't handle the fact that the evidence is so slanted in favor of the critic. Mm-hmm. It is so deeply in favor of the critic that when you're objective when you're trying to be as unbiased as possible, it 99 out of 100 people are going to fall on the church isn't what it claims to be because the evidence is so insurmountable from the other side.
1: Yeah, and that's why people, people will give me flack and they'll say, oh, why are you being negative? So like, I'm not. No. I'm right. just This is, you know, are you, are you trying to tear the, tear the church down? No, but if the evidence does that, to the church that I can't be held responsible for sharing that.
2: Right. You know? Yes, it, And these are ways that members have of shaming people into silence because what they're really saying is, why are you telling the truth? Yeah, yeah. why are you telling the truth? Why are you tearing oh, the why? church down? Why are you telling the truth? Why are you being so negative? It means mm-hmm. why are you telling the truth? The only re- way that they will accept you mm-hmm. is if you either spout the party line or shut the hell up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And
1: this is why, but this is what really confuses me about if you see someone like um, Kwaku, for example, Kwaku has some beliefs that are contrary to the mainstream party line, right? And so do I. But the difference is that when my beliefs, which are kind of factually based, are opposite to the party line, because they're not faith promoting, I'm told to shut up and get out of the room. Kwaku's beliefs could get him landed in trouble for apostasy. Right, Some of the stuff he says, you're like, that's not the party line. That's contradictory to the doctrines of the church. But then, you know, because it comes out as faith affirming, apparently, then he's okay and he's allowed. And the church pays money to have him put on a pedestal and and put in front of people. That's the only difference. The outcome is the only difference. The church doesn't care about the content. They care about what it does to people, how people feel about it. That seems to me to be kind of how that works, which is a real shame. Mm -hmm. Mm. Love well it. Yeah. winding
2: things up here uh sure. i hate to end this but uh, i know it's very late where you are i mean
1: i'll stay up as long as you want I, i'm loving this
2: <laughs> well we're so glad that you came on the show nemo you're yeah. a delight to have your wonderful guest fantastic voice in the podcast community uh so glad to be a colleague of yours yeah thank you and now bill real uh we're gonna have to close here but before we do let me encourage everybody to go to how are they most easily find you. If I'm trying to find you, I go to Google mm-hmm. and I put in Just, Nemo comma Mormon.
1: Yeah. Nemo comma Mormon. Nemo the Mormon. Yeah. that's how. You and that is
2: N-E-M-O. Question. And by the yeah. way, before we go, why yeah. Nemo?
1: It is Latin for nobody. Uh, and I wanted this to be less about me as a person and more about the facts. So I thought, well, it doesn't really matter who I am. It's what I'm saying that matters. And it turns out people quite like me as a person. Who knew? But it's about the facts first, and that's
0: why Nemo. Yeah, I love it. I I really appreciate uh, you having Nemo on RFM. This was a great conversation, and I'm sure somewhere along the way we'll have you back on again uh, and talk a little further. Um, Did you know that President Packer is a big fan of our show? You didn't know this? Mormonism Live. Better than touching your own little factory.